If you were here Saturday, I might repeat myself on some things. Um, I realized just before Saturday, it's the six-month mark to the precept ceremony, which is October the 12th. And uh, I, usually I'm the one who talks about the precepts all summer. and um, I caught the six-month date, and I wanted to, to talk a little bit about precepts because we the six-month date ahead of time is important because if people want to take the precepts, we always ask them to be sure they've had six months practicing meditation so they they understand what the precepts are and uh, that they've had time to practice and they've made a decision that they want to continue on. And uh, taking the precepts is, is a good part of the training. It's a good part of the, the path we're on. So how many of you in here have taken the precepts? Okay, so most of you haven't. That's good. And <laughs> um, the precepts is something you're never, you're never required to do it or you have to do it or uh, it's, it's not like a membership or anything. But when we're, if you, if you have meditated and you decide you want to continue studying the teachings of the Buddha, uh, there's a point where you kind of wonder, well, well, what what next? And the precepts are when we undertake the the uh, the moral and ethical training that the Buddha taught, and that was such an important part of his path. So, if we look at the four noble truths that were the, are the core of the Buddha's teachings, it's that there is, there is stress, there is suffering in the world. That's not all that it is, but that exists. But we can, we, there is a cause for that, that quality in our life, and that cause is craving for, want, for wanting to, uh, I mean, wanting to attach to things and not let go of them trying to keep something when it's not something that we can keep. So if we, when we understand that, then we know there's a way out of that suffering. And that's when the Buddha taught the, the way out of suffering is that noble, the noble eightfold path. And a big chunk of that, that eightfold path, those eight things, are in three groups. So the first group is about the Dhamma and the, the wisdom and the teachings and the and the way the teachings that we we learn in our own life and then we look at the teachings of the Buddha and other great teachers and see if those teachings are are right based on our own own experience. And that becomes the wisdom that we have. And then the uh, the second section is the the our behavior, our actions, and that so that includes right speech and right livelihood and right uh, right right action. So that living with a really strong uh, moral ethical core is a big part of the Buddhist of the Buddha's teachings and of his path. And then the other part of the eightfold path is. Um, right effort and right, right mindfulness and right concentration. So that part's talking about our, our meditation practice. 
So the whole picture is more than just meditation. And the, it's mixed with how we live our lives because we're trying to purify our minds and just uh, live our lives in the purest way we can to never have things that we're worried about, like things that maybe we did that we wish we hadn't done or we have regrets about or we worry about. Um, we're really trying to live in the you know, live from moment to moment, always doing the best we can with whatever is going on in our lives and do it from the highest standard that we're able to work with. And when we've done that, it makes it so much easier when we're living that kind of life. Our meditation becomes much easier because our mind's not full of these thoughts of uh, what should I do about this or, or what should I do about something I said to somebody today and I think maybe they're upset with me or maybe I have to make amends for something. Um, you know, our minds are cleaner. Our, our minds just become more at ease, which makes it easier than to, to meditate. And the, the whole essence of our precepts, and the precepts are just the training guidelines. They're not even rules, but they're the guidelines about what it means to live uh, an ethical, moral life. But the, the, overall theme of all of them is to do no harm to ourselves and to do no harm to any other being, any other living being. And they, they all the, the first set of precepts that we ever take in Buddhism are the five precepts. So the first one is not to kill any living thing. So this is, and it's worded in Pali, like I undertake the training and precepts mean uh, training guidelines. So we're, we even say in Pali, like, I undertake the training to uh, avoid killing anything, uh, any, be any living being. And the second one is that we undertake the training not to steal or take something that doesn't belong to us. So it's more than just, like, you know, rip... It's, we, most of us probably think, well, I don't steal things, so that's an easy one. But sometimes we maybe uh, don't have the, the respect that we should for other people's belongings, or we may be a little careless about uh, thing, things that we you know, walk, out of, walk away from work with. <clears throat> or... Sometimes we steal people's ideas, or we might steal their um, their freedom, or we might steal their speech in the sense that we maybe don't allow them to say what they need to say. Or um, with our with our families, with our children, I, I've thought about this a lot. Like as as a parent, were there times when uh, maybe I I uh, didn't allow my my kids are grown up so they're doing well so but i sometimes think were there times that i uh, uh took away from them an opportunity to have an experience that they needed to have but i wanted to protect them from uh and that would and did i allow them to be independent enough that they that they had the 
had to deal with certain situations that they needed to deal with rather than have me protect them from it. Um, so the the one about stealing is is kind of broad, but it's more about respecting respecting what other what belongs to other people and respecting what is not actually ours to take. Uh, the third one is uh, sexual. Is the third one sexual misconduct? The, so the third one is the training in um, uh, being not engaging in sexual misconduct. So inappropriate uh, relationships or uh, being involved in someone who's not, uh, you know, not not old enough or not 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 a person who's free to be in a relationship. And the fourth one is uh, working with our speech, so it's not telling a lie, not telling an untruth, and it's also, we usually think it's kind speech. And the fifth one is <clears throat> not to, uh, to engage, not to engage in, in drinking or taking drugs that cause our minds to be intoxicated because we want our minds to be clear and uh, anything that intoxicates our minds is kind of totally destroying the whole point of <clears throat> of what we're doing when we meditate so those those are the basic five <clears throat> and typically most of us would say well i i honor those that's kind of what i was taught when i grew up and uh we maybe we had a lot of commandments that we grew up with and you know if we were brought up in a religious family we may have had a lot a lot more rules than five so the the but the buddha set the the five precepts were standards that um uh, i've often th- i've often thought about those precepts until recently as things that we can we can really look at them on a huge scale or an individual scale and i think it's better for us to work with the precepts on a very individual uh way to look at them because if we if we blow them up into okay i'm going to I want to recycle everything and not like steal resources of the earth. I want to be, I don't want to, I don't want to be stealing like things out of the earth and then throwing garbage back onto the earth. That's a noble idea, but if we take on something that big to be how we interpret our precepts, it's impossible to really do that. We can't alone save the earth. And uh, it's easy to become, to feel hopeless when we take on a super big scope. But what we do know we can do, and this would tie into the way we read those precepts, is that we can use one guideline in our life, the way we interpret uh, not to steal, can be that we recycle stuff at home. That we don't that we don't take things out of the earth and then uh, waste them. So it, to, in a, that and that's you can think of that as stealing, 
taking something which doesn't belong to you. But we have to bring it down to something that we can we can every day see how we're interpreting that precept in our own life and we can feel good when we go to bed at night. Uh, I mean, it might be as simple as I'm not going to ever buy, I'm not going to buy, this, my first thing is going to be I'm not going to buy plastic water bottles, plastic, uh, you know, 24 packs. And I'm going to not buy styrofoam or not use styrofoam to, uh, you know, take leftovers. We have so much styrofoam down in the basement of the temple. I'm, I'm always... And people keep giving it to us. So we, we, we were going to use it all up at one point, but it's hard to use it up. Um, but we can interpret the precept in a way that is realistic for us. Because we know with everything else in the Buddhist teachings, the Buddhists all the time, we have to, we have to only be concerned about this. Uh, you know, we, everything we need to learn is in this body. And uh, everything that we're trying to do is to like clear our minds and to find that peace because all of that radiates out from us. But we can't affect anybody else other than ourselves. It it will happen that if we the the it will happen that other people are influenced by us if they see that we're someone that they they like how we're behaving or they think we. We, we're peaceful, or we're someone that, that they are, are drawn to. Um, but we don't do it for that reason. We really are trying to work with ourselves. And we can't control what other people are doing. So our, our universe is, is really all needs to be small enough. And one of the reasons is that we, we want to be able every day to, I, I, I kept the precepts today, or, you know, I really feel, uh, and to feel good about that. And that's hard enough to do uh, without taking on such a big scope that we don't feel good about it because it's overwhelming, or we give up because it's too much, or we see some company uh, just destroying the earth, and we think, what is my not using plastic bottles going to do when there's... Uh, all kinds of things being done everywhere. So we can give up. But if we focus on ourselves, we can do, we can make ourselves uh, have a, have a training that, that really helps us bring enough peace into our own life that it makes our path easier. And everything that we do is going to help somebody else. Um, also, when you think about those precepts, you're, every one of those precepts and the whole idea of being doing no harm to others or to yourself, if you think about the overall effect on the world, it's, it's a, they're so humane. You're being, your speech is being, uh, you're being honest, you're not, you're not telling lies, you're not, you know, you, you, you clean up your language. It just happens naturally because you're working, you want to have uh, speech that's kind and isn't uh, angry, uh, harmful speech. So all of that stuff is always helping the world around us. 
And, you know, all you have to do is listen to the news and you see uh, people, people breaking every single one of the precepts. And, it, and so what we need to be is uh, examples of how, how we can live a different life. We can be different and we can find peace in our own life when the rest of the world seems very uh, uh, chaotic and not peaceful at all. And so I think the precepts create a lot of humane, they're very humane for us as we practice them, and it creates, it's very humane for all the living beings we come in contact with. So if you think if everybody, if everybody in the world, if everybody in this country could um, take the precept every morning that I intend to Today, my intention is not to harm any living being. Uh, it would change the world, you know. Everything would change. So it's all made up of our individual efforts and our individual decisions we make that affect, you know, that's all we can do. We, a lot of times we, when we see there's so much injustice or pain or suffering in the world, our first impulse is to want to, you know, uh, look outward and see where we can go outside of ourselves to fix something in society. And I think the Buddha was always teaching, first we look within ourselves and we try to repair, we try to get back to seeing that basic, essentially uh, good being that we are. We do that. We don't, we don't need to jump and blame anybody else. Um, at our sutta study yesterday, uh, Bhante Asaji had a, a wonderful sutta, and we had a great discussion about uh, working with working with anger. And it was so it's so interesting that the uh, so many of the 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 insight the insight from that sutta to me, and we just we're still working with it, is. Uh, the reason our reaction to things, that you know, sometimes our reaction is anger. And it might be what we call righteous anger, but that's still anger. And uh, in the Buddhist teachings, he's, he's, he talks in that particular sutta about one of the reasons we don't want to get angry at people is it's, you know, that it's, it's hurting us. It's, it's, it's putting all that, uh, those negative emotions and that uh, pressure on us, physical pressure, that's, that anger is harming us, and it's keeping us from continuing on our spiritual path. So someone who's really angry is, is blind. They can't really see things clearly. And so just for our own benefit, not even thinking about the other person, for our own benefit, it's good to learn how to deal with anger and not repress it, but how to work with it, how to deal with it. Because we're simply hurting ourselves. That anger is keeping us from being able to uh, look, look more clearly at a situation or to walk away from it or to think about maybe there's a different way to, uh, to deal with this situation than anger. Maybe, maybe I just need to be able to talk to someone, or maybe we have a disagreement, but it doesn't mean I have to be angry. 
And so the whole sutta is about ways to deal with it when the anger comes up in the moment, how to work with it. But again, like the precepts, it's all about what am I going to do about my situation so that anger isn't tearing me up, it isn't damaging me, or it isn't keeping me from my spiritual path. And the precepts are that way. They're giving us these really simple uh, guidelines that, that can be part of our day-to-day training. And uh, one thing that I really liked when I was trying to get some different insight into the precepts was just the idea of letting the five precepts be our intentions every day. And uh, it's just a matter of reading the reading the precepts, the five precepts each morning, and we can start off by saying, for today, for myself, and for all other beings, these are my daily intentions that I will... Uh, my intention for today is not to harm any other living being. My intention today is not to take anything that doesn't belong to me. My intention today is to not engage in sexual misconduct or or be inappropriate. I guess we can include uh, like the Me Too things. Uh, like to not do anything that might be misinterpreted as sexual misconduct. And my intention today is to not engage in telling an untruth. And my intention for today is not to engage, not to, uh, you know, the, the way the, the way the original precept is written, it's like just I'm not to drink or take intoxicants or drugs that cause me to lose my mindfulness, my heedfulness. And I think a lot of times we can interpret that broader, too, if we have any kind of addictive behavior that we need to stay away from. We could include that. Like it might not be drugs or alcohol, but it might be be shopping or gambling or, you know, something else. But again, don't globalize them. Like think about for you personally what it is. And, and then all we need to do is focus on you know, this is going to make me feel good at the end of the day, and it's and it does no harm to anyone else and no harm to me. So those are reasons enough alone to do it. So if you if you think in six if you think in six months you're going to be at a place where you've you've been meditating long enough and you still want to continue, you. There's, you're not forced to do this, but I think if someone decides, I want to keep going with this, I want to get a little bit deeper into, I want to go further into my meditation practice or really seeing how all of this stuff works and fits together, uh, taking the precepts is a good way to, if we, you know, here you basically are learning meditation and practicing. Then and then working with the precepts is a way to um, then integrate your day-to-day life and the way you live it with your meditation, and then then the the next thing is just to keep increasing the insight, the wisdom that you develop, and keep keep relaxing into your meditation. And the freer your mind is, the more liberated your you know your your thoughts are the easier it is to do that. 
So that's in October, and I'll be talking about it a lot. That's my job in the, in the summer. That's before Bhante goes to uh, Sri Lanka. He's, he always tells me, now you know you're going to talk about the precepts all summer, right? So I'm starting early this year before he even mentioned it. <laughs> so if you, and if you're interested, we'll have, we'll have, I'll have some handouts that'll, I'll just have available for you, uh, because I'll put the five precepts and the little thing about intentions and different things that I might talk about. So I'll have some handouts for people if you want to take some stuff and start looking at it. And our preset manual is on our webpage, and I think it's called Precepts Manual. And you can you can print that out if you want to, or just read it as a PDF online and just get an idea. Because if you've taken the five precepts, and some people then, um, at least a year or more later, they'll take eight precepts, and the eight precepts just add more. Uh, that's the same five, but it adds more about speech. So then you're adding. Uh, no malicious speech, no harsh speech, and no idle chatter, which is the hardest one for all of us. Idle chatter is most of the other talking we do. And then the, then the, then the, the final set of precepts that we, we offer are the ten bodhisattva, uh, qualities. So they're called the ten paramitas, or they're ten, and instead of, uh, I undertake the training rule to do this. The bodhisattva vows are developing ten qualities that you can just work with. So you take its uh, generosity and uh, morality and wisdom and energy and determination and equanimity and renunciation. And I probably left out a few, but you just uh, or you're taking on those qualities that you want to to study more and learn more and develop those qualities in your life. So that that's uh, those are you can do you can work with those qualities anytime and you probably are in your day to day life anyway. But it's it's good when you take those take those on. It gives you kind of okay, what am I doing with my, uh, what do I need to learn in, about Buddhism? It might be one of those qualities. It might just be looking at that quality and how you see it in your own life. So there's, there's enough. That's, that's it, though. We don't have any others unless you want to become a nun or a monk. And then you have, uh, I have more than the guys do. Uh, what, you have 211? How many? 227. And so we, the women have a lot more than that. And you know, I always say that's because we can. <laughs> so, so that would be your next op- opportunity if you want to take on a lot of training rules. <laughs> so thank you for listening. And uh, if you have, we have books. We have the book, Bhante G's book, uh, Mindfulness in Plain English, which is a great book to have, and Buddhism Plain and Simple, and then Thich Nhat Hanh's book. It's a little book, but it's really rich, the Mindfulness Survival Kit.
and we have it uh, in the bookstore. I got mine as a Kindle so I can have it with me all the time, but it's a really lovely book. But it talks about the precepts a lot. It has, it's really well. His, Thich Nhat Hanh's writing is so poetic that his talking about the precepts and, and working with them is really lovely. So those are just three books that we recommend. It, and so if you can get started reading the books, if you, if you want, if you want to take it further. Okay. Thank you very much.